Open your Bibles to John chapter 5. John chapter 5, a simple message, a simple reminder. We call ourselves Bible Christians. I call you Bible Christians. That's what we want to be. We're Baptists after that. Baptists mean so many things, and most Baptists we're ashamed of, and the Lord's ashamed of them. We don't pattern ourselves after the Baptists or any other denomination. We pattern ourselves after the Bible. We want to be Bible Christians. Let me show you what that means and see if it won't be simple for our young people to understand when you're asked, what kind of a church do you go to? Or what are you? You can tell them that you're a Bible Christian. I'm thankful to be a Baptist. But I'm only thankful to be a Baptist in the sense that John was a Baptist, and that Jesus was a Baptist, and that Mary was a Baptist, not in the sense of any other Baptist. Only the Baptist is find and described in the Bible. In John chapter 5 and verse 39, the Lord Jesus said to a group of people that love the Bible, they would have called themselves Bible Jews. They were Pharisees. They wore, they'd wear the Bible on their foreheads, strapped onto their heads. They'd wear the Bible on their clothes, on their arms. They're like the Catholics that would kiss the Bible, but not want to practice it. If you've ever been to a Catholic church, you'll see the priest bend over, or the man that reads the Gospels bend over and kiss the book, which doesn't mean a thing to the God of heaven. He wants us to read it and obey it, not kiss it. And so Jesus spoke to some people like that, and he said in John 5:39, Search the Scriptures. You love the Bible? Read the Bible. For in them ye think ye have eternal life. You're so committed to the Bible, you think that it's sufficient for you, and they are they which testify of me. The Scriptures are a book to tell us about Jesus Christ. We want to be Bible Christians in that we use the Bible for the purpose God gave it, not to get haughty because we have God's book, but to find the Savior that is taught about in it. Turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word... Then are ye my disciples indeed. A Bible Christian is someone who obeys the Bible. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, or if you keep on obeying the Bible, then you're my true disciple. And if we were to turn to Acts chapter 11, we would find that the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. What's a Bible Christian? Someone who continues in the word of God and finds the purpose for that word of God, and that's to be a devoted lover and follower of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's why we're Bible Christians. Most Christians today are in love with their purpose-driven drivel and hate the Bible. We're told that in 2 Timothy chapter 4, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. What is sound doctrine? The boring preaching of the word of God, the Bible. And they will no longer endure it. I say boring because that's what they think of it. They will no longer endure it. And so they heap to themselves teachers because they have itching ears. They want teachers. They want to hear pleasant sounding things that will scratch their itch. And their itch is the lust of the flesh. And they want to be satisfied in the flesh. And they no longer care about the word of God. Paul told us the time was coming. We are in it. Look around. Do a little bit of reading and find out what's going on in the churches of America, including many Baptist churches. They will no longer endure sound doctrine, which is the preaching of God's word. 
They want fables and entertainment instead of the truth. The Lord said they would turn away their ears from the truth to fables. He called them fables. They ought to be reading Mother Goose in church instead of purpose-driven drivel. It would be just as good for them. We're Bible Christians. I want this sermon to help you answer those who ask about us. I want this sermon to help you gauge the sincerity and the truth of others that you meet. I want this sermon to remind you of your duties before God as it relates to your religious priorities. And I want this sermon to convict you of where you've been failing. We all fail. Let's let the Word of God remind us of two things that we ought to have very important in our lives. We're Bible Christians, which means we are devoted followers of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth as it is defined in the Bible. Pretty simple, isn't it? We worship the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our God and our Savior, according to the Bible. That's what I mean. That's what you should mean, and that's a simple explanation for men when they ask, what are you? We're Bible Christians. Why don't you celebrate Christmas? Well, it's not taught in the Bible. It's condemned in the Bible. That's why we're Bible Christians. And you can apply that to every other question they ask you. Now, when we ask ourselves, are we a Bible Christian? And you should be asking yourself, am I a Bible Christian? We've got two words in that little expression, Bible and Christian. Am I a Bible Christian? And then, am I a Bible Christian? Let's answer those two words. Am I a Bible Christian? A Bible Christian puts the great emphasis in his, puts a great emphasis in his life on the written Word of God, the Bible. Not the fathers, not the Puritans, not Tim LaHaye's left behind novels, but the Bible. Not purpose driven drivel, the Bible. You don't need a purpose driven life. You need a Christ oriented life. You need a Bible based life. There's 18 versions in the purpose driven drivel. If you were to go check it out in the back, he'll show you the 18 versions he used. He just goes to whatever version will give him the words he wants. And you know what? God's given us the words He wants. And those are the words we want if we're Bible Christians. And that's why we're adamant about the King James Bible. Let's very quickly, very quickly, look and remind ourselves about this. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I've quoted this verse already in this sermon, but I want you to see it. When I talk about the perilous times of the last days, when I say that most churches have already made the downgrade into the carnality and effeminate compromise that Paul warned about. Here it is. I want you to see it. Second Timothy 4, 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And these are Christians that once endured it. They wanted to go hear the word of God opened. They wanted to hear a pastor thunder out of the pulpit from the word of God. They wanted to hear the gospel trumpet blasted. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. And we are living in those times. But we are Bible Christians. We're not going to turn away from the preaching of God's word. I'm not entertaining. But I will read the word of God distinctly, and I will give you the sense, and I will help you understand and cause you to understand the reading. And that's what we're going to keep right on doing. And we cannot modify it or compromise it. 
Because that is what a Bible Christian does. And Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, was telling Timothy, a minister, don't let this happen to you. And when you find any men like this, it tells you in the last clause of verse 5, from such, turn away. Get away from them. Paul told Timothy, reject their ministerial fellowships. Stick with the word of God. And look what it said in verse 2. The first three words are my job description when it comes to meeting you several times a week. Preach the word. That's my job. We're Bible Christians. It's rare today, but that doesn't, that's not going to affect us. We're going to continue to be Bible Christians. The emphasis right now for the moment is on the word Bible. A Bible Christian is rare in a generation that corrupts the word of God. You know, there's a proliferation of Bible versions. You know, I wrote this afternoon. I don't take Sunday afternoon nap. I'm not complaining one bit. You just pray for me to live long enough to do what God has for me to do. And I don't care how small the numbers are, as long as we'll continue to be Bible Christians. But it was defending our King James Bible against the New King James Version. You know, the New King James Version, they stole the name of a good Bible, stole the name of a good king, and then copyrighted it so no one could steal what they had stolen. And then they changed it and didn't even tell you that they had changed it to different manuscripts and different readings in certain places that are not found in the King James Bible. They tell you they have improved it to help you understand it, but they took away the these and the thous, and I don't have time to chase that rabbit, but please go to our homepage and read the article about these and thous. You cannot understand English without these and thous. These and thous are, are pronouns of the second person that have been lost in all modern Bible versions. And yet that is the number one reason they say, get rid of the King James. These and thous are high English. The translators didn't even speak in high English. Read their dedication in the front of the Bible. There will not be a thee or a thou in it. It'll be you and ye and yours, because they did not speak that. That was the language of ministers and lawyers in England in 1611, because it's more precise than what is spoken on the street. They're corrupting the Bible, but we are going to stick to the old Bible. We're going to stick to the Bible that has fruit. We're going to stick to the Bible where the words have not been changed. You change thee and thou to you and ye, or to you and you and you. That's all we've got in modern English. We don't have ye and you and your and thee and thou and thy and thine, because we've corrupted the language. It has declined. The world isn't getting better and scholarship isn't getting higher. It's getting worse. We're not going to do it. We're not going with them. A Bible Christian does not believe... Anything that's not found in the Bible. He just rejects it. We can read in Acts chapter 11. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to save you some time by not turning. But in Acts chapter 17 and verse 11, the Bereans were said to be more noble than those in Thessalonica. Because what did they do every day with what Paul preached to them? They searched the scriptures daily to see if those things were so. Bible Christians search the Bible for everything they hear. And if it's not there, out it goes. They don't believe anything they can't find in the Bible. They don't care how if their granddaddy believed it. They don't care if the church fathers support it. They don't care if the denomination requires it. They go by the Bible. That's a Bible Christian. The emphasis being on the word Bible. A Bible Christian hates and rejects any idea contrary to the Bible if he can't find it there. A Bible Christian answers the words of truth from the Bible to anyone that asks them. You are to study and learn the Word of God so that you're able to give 
the words, the certain words of truth to those that ask you. Not your opinion or not your idea or some vague recollection. You should learn the Bible to be able to give a Bible answer to people that ask you questions. Why don't you celebrate Christmas? You know, we all get that one. There's simple little Bible verses to take them to. You can memorize the verses. But we want to give the certain words of truth in answer. That makes us a Bible Christian. Because when someone says, what do you believe on this? We say, well, the Bible says. Instead of saying, well, we think or we believe, we say the Bible says. Or God said. Or the scriptures teach. Or thus saith the Lord. That's how we speak when we're Bible Christians. Now, brethren, a Bible Christian knows that the Word of God bears fruit. And it bears fruit in our lives. A Bible, a Bible Christian knows that to be fed properly, he's got to go to the Word of God. A Bible Christian knows that Luke 4, 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. A Bible Christian knows that 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says that you believed, that when you heard us preach, you didn't believe it and receive it as, it as if it were the words of men, but as if it were the words of God that effectually worketh in you that believe. A Bible Christian knows what Romans 10.17 says, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you want to increase your faith, build your soul, and exalt your spirit and be filled with grace? It is by reading this book and by hearing it. It is devouring this book. There are spiritual principles in place and a spiritual operation of the Word of God that takes the words He wrote and builds your faith with this book. There is no book that can compete with it. Read any novel you want to about the Bible, and all books, including including ones authored by me, are novels in comparison to the Bible. This Bible will build your faith. I'll tell you, if you come home and block out some time and get down with the Word of God and shut out all the noise in your life and turn to the Psalms or turn to any place and just start reading, it will build your faith. Bible Christians know that. Bible Christians don't have their faith built by some little country music special of gospel music. Bible Christians have their faith built by the Word of God. Because that's what the Bible teaches. No one's ever had their faith built by country western music. Really, by any kind of music. Because faith is built by the Word of God. And we've got to emphasize that. We're Bible Christians. Not just Christians, we're Bible Christians. A Bible Christian craves and values the Word of God. Job said, I esteem the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. David said, it's sweeter to my taste than honey in the honeycomb. And I count it more valuable than gold, yea, than much fine gold. A Bible Christian loves the Bible, craves the Bible, reads the Bible, talks about the Bible, thinks the Bible, meditates in the Bible. Because this is God's words. I didn't say this is God's word. It is God's word, but it's God's words. And it's these words that feed us. And they're from God. And they're fantastic. They're, they're, they're the only source of absolute truth in the world. They will answer all of your questions and dilemmas. They'll build your faith. They'll comfort your soul. They'll give you wisdom as to how to live. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, as you already heard tonight. We're Bible Christians. But, but we've got to crave the Bible like David did, like Job did. We need to hide the Word of God in our hearts so that we sin not against Him. Psalm 119 and verse 11. A Bible Christian does that. He craves and values the Word of God highly. A Bible Christian is thankful for men that preach him the Word of God. 
It doesn't matter who it is, and it has nothing to do with that man. It has everything to do with God sending some ass, some donkey, to speak the words of truth from God's word. It's nothing about the man. It's everything about the message. When those people in Nehemiah chapter 8 heard the word of God preached and explained to them, they had a party. They celebrated. They stood there from morning till midday. They stood in their place. They didn't move. They weren't running around. They didn't have to play. They didn't have to have a break. And they didn't have to have a drink. They stood there and listened attentively from morning till midday. And when it was all over with, they wanted to throw a party. They ate the fat. They drank the sweet. And they celebrated because they had understood the preaching of God's word. Bible Christians are thankful that God sends men that preach the Bible and that are willing to spend their time to study the Bible and not get involved in summer camp, Sunday school, bus ministries, day schools, and everything else that churches get involved in that have nothing to do with building Bible Christians. Bible Christianity is built by preaching the Word of God. Are we Bible Christians? The Ethiopian eunuch was riding along in his chariot, and he was reading Isaiah 53. Philip jumped up there and said, do you know what you're reading? And he said, how can I know what I'm reading unless somebody should guide me? That's all I am as a little guide. I'm a little servant with a little light. And I'll give you some light in the word of God and we'll, and we'll learn it. But the, but the eunuch said, you know, is the prophet speaking of himself or some other man? Oh, do you know what Philip was thinking with a question like that? Is the prophet, is Isaiah in Isaiah 53 speaking of himself or speaking of another man? Do you think Philip got a little bit of excited about what he's going to tell that man? He's going to tell him about Jesus. And if you go look at it, it says he preached Jesus Christ to him. And they're blasting along, rocking in that chariot. It's always blasting to me because why would you drive slow? But (laughs) Philip is preaching to him Jesus. And that eunuch sees that water. And they just keep right on moving, don't they? He preaches Jesus Christ to him. He's baptized in that oasis. And Philip's on his way to preach somewhere else. But I hope that we're thankful for the men that have come and preached to us the word of God. And that we thank God for them and that we pray for them. That they will not be led astray in any way in their personal lives or in their doctrine. But will continue to preach the truth to us. A Bible Christian hides God's words in his heart so that he won't sin against God. He looks at the Bible as a very valuable book. Not how to get rich, but how to not sin against God. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. That's a Bible Christian. A Bible Christian learns God's words to be able to teach them to others. Look at Psalm 119 and verse 172. Psalm 119 and verse 172. A Bible Christian learns God's words to be able to teach them to others. What a precious heritage we have in the Word of God. Not only to have it, but to know it's the Word of God. Do you know how much more emphasis we put on the Bible in this church than other churches? The difference is dramatic. It is significant. It is unbelievable almost. They used to be like us. They have changed. Because they no longer endure sound doctrine. Psalm 119 verse 172. My tongue shall speak of thy word. For all thy commandments are righteousness. Is your tongue ready to speak of God's word? Bible Christians are ready to give an answer from the word of God. Are you reading it, are you reading it every day? Are you reading it regularly? Do you know it better this year than last? Do you love reading it? Or have you slipped in your reading? Has Bible reading fallen from your day? Why is this sermon tonight? Repent and read today before you go to bed. 
That's all. Repent and read before you go to bed tonight. Has your Bible reading slipped? We have to devour the Word of God. It is, it is the food and nutrition for our spiritual lives. If we let it slip, we will backslide. We will turn carnal. We will have cold hearts, and the world will look very attractive to us. We must feed ourselves in the Word of God if we are going to call ourselves Bible Christians. We can't just come to church on Sunday and thump the book that's on the pulpit and call ourselves Bible Christians. We have to be feeding on that Bible and obeying that Bible and following that Bible, loving that Bible, memorizing that Bible, and yes, indeed, quizzing on that Bible. You know, if these young men and young girls learn the Gospel of Matthew to quiz, you know what we ought to be doing along with them? Learning Matthew ourselves. It wouldn't hurt us a bit to know all 28 chapters of Matthew, what the content is of each chapter, and a number of verses throughout the book. It's a great book. It's the whole life of the Lord Jesus Christ to His ascension into heaven. It's glorious. It tells us about our Savior, which leads me to another point. We're Bible Christians. Are we Bible Christians? I started out with John 5, 39. It said, Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. The Bible is sent to us to tell us primarily about one person. The Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It starts out in the very beginning with a prophecy about him from the Garden of Eden. And it ends with John saying, Even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. The Bible is a book about a man. The man, and not just a good man, the Son of God. The man, Christ Jesus. God in the flesh. The fullness of the Godhead in a human body. That's what we want to get from our Bibles. A Bible Christian, the emphasis is on the word Christian now. A Bible Christian knows there's only one way to heaven, through the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's never ashamed of that one way. Some of you went to a graduation last night and shame on the state of South Carolina and the University of South Carolina at Spartanburg, or wherever it was, I think that's where it was, wanting to yak about Jesus, Yahweh, and Allah. Uh Uh-uh. We don't mix those things together because they don't go together. You can't run milk in your gasoline tank. It won't work. We're going to preach the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to love the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only way to heaven. Jesus himself said, I am the way. I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. There is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Don't ever let anyone stick Mary, Pope Benedict XVI, Pope John Paul II, or Rick Warren in there. No one gets in alongside the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't need to pray to saints. You don't need statues. You don't need St. Christopher to keep you safe while you travel. You don't need anything but the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to talk about him. And we need to speak of him. And we should never be ashamed of him. You are copping out when you say you believe in God. Everybody believes in God. They believe in the God of Hollywood. They believe in the God of Islam. They believe in the God of the Buddhists. But you can just set the issue straight by saying, I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, it'll get silent very quickly. It's just so different. They all believe in God. It's all kinds of different things to them. I mean, some of them think that it's a buffalo spirit that got lost 
called the, the great spirit from a buffalo. You know? And if we face that skull in the right direction, it just might come back and inhabit our bodies. There is a spirit that comes back when you face a buffalo's skull in the right direction. But it's not the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Never be ashamed of that name. That is a huge difference. That's why we're Bible Christians. We're not Bible God believers. We're Bible Christians. The disciples were called in Antioch Christians, not God believers. They wouldn't have known what that meant. Because everybody in Antioch believed in gods. They weren't, they weren't as dumb as this generation. You know, there's some today that call themselves atheists. There wasn't a single atheist in Antioch. There wasn't an atheist in Corinth. They all believed in gods. They believed in gods so much they had ten, twenty, or a thousand of them depending on which denomination they followed. And so the way you separate yourself from that crowd is to say, I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and He's coming back to judge this earth. You better humble yourself before Him. Well, that'll change things. You'll find out if you have any real friends. A Bible Christian wants to learn about Jesus Christ. When Mary and Martha entered, had Jesus in their home, Martha was busy in the kitchen, and Mary sat at His feet. Because Mary wanted to hear anything that dropped from the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Do you love the Gospel of Matthew? Or do you wish it had been some other book of the Bible? Do you wish that the quizzing was from the book of Proverbs or the book of Ecclesiastes? Or do you love the Gospel of Matthew because it tells you all about Jesus Christ of Nazareth? If we're going to be Bible Christians, there's one great person that the whole Bible points to. The one great person that God wants all the attention upon. And it's not Moses and it's not Elijah, is it? As Peter found out on the Mount of Transfiguration, it is the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is our Savior. He's our Lord. He's the head of this church. He's the foundation of the church. He's our Savior. He's our King. He's our priest. He's our bishop. He's our apostle. He's everything. He's our husband. Isn't he widow's sister? A Bible Christian wants to hear about Jesus. I love those Greeks in John chapter 12 that came to the apostles. And the apostles must have thought that they were pretty important. But they said, sirs, we would see Jesus. We don't want to meet the first pope. We want to meet Jesus. John chapter 12, verse 21. It's precious. That is a Bible Christian. They were not content until they got the Son of God himself. Are you content with anything short of the Son of God? And I mean every personage in the Bible is totally inadequate compared to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you get excited about Moses or Elijah? I've already mentioned that example from the Bible. Don't get excited about David or Solomon. Don't get excited about Paul or anyone. Paul would direct all of your attention to the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're going to be Bible Christians. A Bible Christian follows Jesus Christ's obsession with heaven. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. A Bible Christian is one that follows Jesus Christ's obsession with doing his Father's will. Do you know how obsessed and preoccupied he was with it? As soon as he knew that it was getting on the calendar that he was supposed to die, what does the Bible say about his face? He set his face to go to Jerusalem. He did not want anything to hinder him from going to the cross for us because that's what God the Father had told him to do. And do you know what he had to say to it in prophecy? And in Hebrews chapter 10, I come to do thy will, O God. And being a Bible Christian means we learn what Jesus Christ was like so that we're like that. I come to do thy will, O God. Are you with me tonight in doing the will of God? That's a Bible Christian. 
because we get Jesus Christ's preoccupation and obsession with heaven and pleasing his Father. The Bible says, Jesus said about himself, he said, I always do those things that please my Father. Did he please his Father? His Father thundered from heaven on several occasions. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That is being a Bible Christian. It's not memorizing or learning some little catechism or some confession of faith. It's loving the object of the only confession of faith that really matters. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was willing and able to endure the shame and suffering of the cross because of what? For the joy that was set before him. His whole life was out there. His life was not here. And a real Bible Christian is a follower of Jesus Christ by getting his thoughts and his desires out there. The joy that was set before him in heaven. There was no joy for him here in this world, even though he had people that loved him dearly and took care of him tenderly. His joy was to be in his Father's presence in heaven. That is what we need to get and keep and revive and provoke and encourage in each other to be Bible Christians. A Bible Christian is not content until he's filled with all the fullness of God of Ephesians chapter 3, which is what Paul prayed for the saints at Ephesus. And I hope that we will not be content until we seek being filled with all the fullness of God. And how do we get it? By the power of the Holy Spirit of God teaching us about the love of Christ for us and seeing it in all of its four dimensions that are listed there in Ephesians chapter 3. That's what we have to keep praying for and asking the Spirit of God to fill us with the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and His love for us until we're filled with the fullness of God. And maybe we'll understand that passage better when we get there. It's hard for me to even explain it to you. The words are too great. They're too lofty. But it's what the Lord wants for us. And if we come short of that, we're not really Bible Christians. We're just playing church. A Bible Christian works to hear one sentence. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's how you treat your husband. That's how you treat your wife. That's how you treat your employer. That's how you treat your employees. That's how you treat the government. That's whether you read the Bible or not. Everything the Lord has asked you to do, how well do you do it? So that you'll hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. A Bible Christian wants those words. Those words are his mission statement. You know, the whole world today has to have a mission statement. Most of them are retarded. Retarded little inane sound bites that companies come up with that they think will make them more successful. Well, a Christian has his already. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We want to do whatever it takes to please God in heaven. It it means it's going to have to be by the Bible, and it means it's going to have to glorify Jesus Christ throughout because we're his servant. A Bible Christian is never content to relax. He keeps pressing. Do I, I can't preach a sermon from Philippians 3, 8 through 14. I've done it a couple times in the last five years. But the Apostle Paul said that I might know him. That I might apprehend that for which I have been apprehended. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I don't look behind. I only look ahead. And I press to win the race of pleasing Jesus Christ. A Bible Christian, Christian, 
never is content with his life, but is pressing to know Jesus Christ better. I'll tell you, if you hear this sermon tonight and you put it into practice, when you meet the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be thankful that you heard it, you were convicted by it, and you changed your life to be ready to meet him. Because one second in his presence, you'll wish you could go back and relive tonight and relive every day of your life and be more of a Bible Christian than you have been. Please hear me. I'm almost done. A Bible Christian knows that saying his name is utterly worthless. Jesus said, why do you say, Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I teach? Luke 6:46. Many will say, Lord, Lord, and he's going to separate himself from them and cast them into an eternal hell. Saying the name of Jesus, singing the name of Jesus, hearing the name of Jesus sung, memorizing Bible verses about Jesus is not enough. It's to obey him, because Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. That is a true Bible Christian. They're following Jesus Christ in action, not in lip. They're doers of the word and not just hearers. They bear fruit. They do not forget that they've been purged from their old sins, but they give diligence to make their calling and election sure. And they are bounding in spiritual fruit, as Second Peter chapter 1 describes. That's a Bible Christian. A Bible Christian knows his goal is to look like Jesus Christ. Do you know why God predestinated us? That we might be the firstborn among many brethren. So that Jesus Christ would have many brothers. God created the Lord Jesus Christ in the womb of a virgin. He is the, he is the Son of God. He is God in the flesh. Don't make, don't mistake me on this point. He is God in the flesh, created in the womb of a virgin. But God also wants him to have many brothers and sisters to share eternity with him forever in heaven. Moreover, I'm going to read you the verse since my mind is losing some of the words. Romans chapter 8, it's going to be verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. God predestinated us to be conformed to the image of his Son. A Bible Christian is spending their life trying to conform to the image of God's Son. You say, how do I do it? 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul said, Be followers of me, even also as I am a follower of Christ. Paul was the apostle of the Gentiles. He tells us how to follow Jesus Christ and to live a life that is pleasing to God and looks like the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants us conformed to his image. A Bible Christian wants to copy Jesus in pleasing his Father in everything that he does. You children, you know what I read about Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 2 and verse 49? Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem. He was 12 years of age. When he was there, he went and engaged the doctors, the scribes, the THDs and the PhDs, and all the heavy-duty ministers in some question-and-answer sessions that had them all interested. He spent a couple of days doing it, and they couldn't answer him, and he could answer them. He showed them who was boss, because he's the Lord Jesus Christ, and in him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. When his mother came and said, Son, don't you know we've been worrying about you? You know what he said? He said, Don't you know that I must be about my father's business? 
How old did I say he was? Twelve. Don't you know that I must be about my father's business? Do you know what? We all have father's business to do. The father has given us all business to do. Jesus at twelve was better than us at forty-eight. I must be about my father's business. The father has given all of us business to do. He's written it to us. If we're going to be Bible Christians, we're going to be like the Christ of the Bible Christian. And that is always pleasing his father. After he said those words, and Joseph and his mother took him home. Did you hear what I said? I said Joseph and his mother. You understand that, don't you? That's what the Bible tells us. Was Joseph his father? No, God was his father. So it says Joseph and his mother. They took him home, and he was obedient to them. That was his father's business for that time, to obey Joseph and his mother. Can you obey your parents? The Father in heaven has given you something to do, and it's to obey your parents. While you're under their roof and submit, no, I don't forget that. Mark that statement, jury, disregard that remark. As long as your parents require something of you, you obey them and you honor them all their days of their lives. Are you a Bible Christian? A Christian wants to copy the Lord Jesus Christ in pleasing his Father in everything. Now, have you slipped a little bit in being a Christian? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth? What's your favorite passage about him? What's your favorite song about him? I don't care about your favorite song. Flush it. Your favorite song about him. What's your favorite passage? I don't care about your favorite passage. Your favorite passage about him. Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Or have you slipped in your affection? Do you know why I'm your pastor? Because I'm supposed to be your father and to help. We're all a big family. And we all forget. And we all slip. And we all backslide. And we all get cold. And we have to be reminded to come back to what is our foundational truth. And that is the Bible tells us what we ought to know. And what it tells us we ought to know is that Jesus Christ should be the love of our souls. And that's what we have to keep emphasizing. Tonight is so simple. And don't mock it in your hearts because it's so simple. Are you a Bible Christian? Do you love the Word of God and read it every day? And do you read it for the purpose God gave you to be more like His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you love Jesus Christ of Nazareth? Nazareth? Do you want to worship at His feet? Do you want to sing His praise for all eternity? I can tell if you do, because you'll talk about Him to others. Do you talk about Him to others? Do you have passages from the Bible about Him that you love? You know, a member of this church... Bounce Psalm 45 off of me today. Does anybody know anything about Psalm 45 and your pastor? That church member bounced something off of me that I love very dearly. Psalm 45 is the best psalm. Don't you all know that? You can have your favorite if you want it, but don't mess with my Psalm 45 because it's about the Lord Jesus Christ as a mighty prince. And do you know what that mighty prince says about me? He says, the king shall greatly desire thy beauty. And there ain't nothing beautiful about this guy. But the king shall greatly desire thy beauty because he's going to clothe me in his own needlework. Brethren, go read Psalm 45 sometime. It'll tear you up. 
And if it doesn't tear you up, you've got a spiritual problem. Get down on your knees until it tears you up. It's precious. What's your favorite passage about Jesus Christ? This same person did not know me like you all know me. And do you know what? I traded several emails with this person today. Do you know what they bounced off me next? Song of Solomon chapter 5. What is thy beloved more than other beloveds, O fairest among women? Ever heard those words before? Well, my beloved. You want to hear about my beloved? And then that Song of Solomon chapter 5 just opens up all about my beloved. And you ought to look past a woman speaking about her husband to the church, speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ and the glory that we have in him. Do you have a beloved Savior? Do you know how to praise him? Do you know how to talk about him? Do you know all of the features of him that are is magnificent? He will never fail you. He never has failed you. He is delightful in every respect. He's the fairest among 10,000. This is my beloved. Many martyrs have been cruelly tortured, murdered, their families and assets destroyed for this religion. You can be a Baptist and nobody will do a thing to you. A Baptist as it's defined today. Nobody will persecute a Baptist today because they don't stand for anything anymore. Are you a Bible Christian? Then you can't go through this week without reading your Bible and loving it. Are you a Bible Christian? Then do not answer any questions that you're asked this week that are of important moral nature without giving the Bible. And if you need help, call me on your cell phone, personal phone, email, or whatever. I'll help you find the answer from the Word of God. Let's be Bible Christians. Are you a Bible Christian? then you need to read and pray to learn more about Jesus Christ and delight in his love for you. Have you lost some of that affection for the Son of God himself? Then revive it tonight before you go to sleep. Are you a Bible Christian? Then you'll want to read and pray to learn his commandments, to keep them more perfectly, to follow him, because he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Are you a Bible Christian? Then sing and talk about Jesus Christ with yourself and others. To glorify him now. You're going to do it for eternity. Start now. God chose you and me for these perilous times of the last days. We cannot fail his calling. We must stand firm and preach the word. And we must stand firm on the Lord Jesus Christ. We must reject all fables, all entertainment, and any of the other stuff that they throw into Christian churches today and stand for the old-time religion. And I don't mean old-time from the 1950s. I mean old-time from 30 A.D. on, when Jesus Christ and the apostles set the standard, the faith once delivered to the saints for all of us. God chose you and me for these perilous times. We cannot compromise in any way, and we must revive our love of the Bible and our love of Jesus Christ. That is a true Bible Christian, may the Lord help us.